guys, this is Leva Bates. You might also know me as Blue Pants. You might also know me as the Queen of Cosplay. You might also know me as the girl who just kicked your butt. And this is a whole reffin' show. And now, the wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. The whole reffin' show. Hello, hashtag dear listeners, welcome back to the whole reference show. It's episode 131, and I am Darren Beasley. And I am Perry Smith. And we are so stoked to have you joining us today on the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. I always love to hear the intro to our podcast, Perry. And I don't mean the intro right here. Where I mean I, I do I do enjoy listening to here to, to I enjoy listening to us talk, um, but the 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 guitar the the dulcet tones uh, of Jonas Black and uh, Broken in Stereo, which uh, did a a cover version, um, a cover version which we have been using on the whole reference show for over a hundred over a hundred. When did the new, uh, when did the new, which is not at all new anymore, theme come about? Was uh, that episode 25 or 50? I think it was 50. Maybe around 50? I think 50. So, yeah. But um, I love that. I absolutely love that. I say it's a cover version because... It's my riff, sure. It's my riff, yeah. But it sounds, yeah, it sounds way better when you have, like, professionals record it and uh, throw their own artistic... Uh, uh, Ness into it, I suppose. So no, I, I I like their version way better than my original version, which was just my guitar hooked up to my MacBook Pro in Garage Bed. That's good enough. Let's podcast. So, hey man, there there is there's a there's a it warms my heart. There's a very special something about that original original intro. Um, but I do love I do love our intro, and we 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 don't recognize it enough. It just it plays. Uh, and and we just sort of ignore it. And I just wanted to bring a little bit of attention back to it because it's such a killer intro. I have to say one of the f- my favorite things about this podcast is bringing so many of our other friends into certain elements of it and in terms of our talented artistic friends, whether they're working in a uh, two-dimensional medium, whether they're working in uh, as a voice actor, uh, musical talent, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. Uh, very quickly about the intro. I remember when we had Chuck Taylor on our show, uh, our the, at Live at the Fest, our first Live at the Fest show, uh, where we were backstage and I was talking to Chuck Taylor and he mentioned other podcasts and he says how he hates he hates when the intro is too long. And I don't think he meant us, our podcast, but I kind of... <laughs> I was just so <laughs> a, a proud of our intro that I was kind of like, beep, boop, beep, boop. It was kind of the, the Kill Bill uh, when she sees one of her uh, one of her nemesis uh, <laughs> <Of course. laughs> music hit me. Anyway, but no, obviously, or I don't think he meant us, but still, that was kind of funny. So, yeah, I, I like the intro. I mean, I hear well, it I- many times every week. You know, uh, you know, editing the podcast and putting it out for everyone to uh, to enjoy the hashtag your listeners to enjoy and also the hashtag new listeners uh, to discover and, you know, enjoy from here on out. Well, I will say this. Um, 
Chuck Taylor is an ornery sort, but uh, I think he's much like the Russian police. He's stern, stern but fair. Sure, sure. And, uh, and there's no way he could have been referring to ours because it, I think by anyone's estimation, objectively speaking, our intro is anything but too long. I have heard many, many podcasts with severely long intros and ours comes nowhere near that category. So, um, you, you, you got a little Lassard there. I've heard many, many podcasts with longer intros. Sorry, Darren and I had a long conversation about the Police Academy franchise before we started recording today. <laughs> uh, you're very lucky, folks. That didn't end up on the podcast because it would have it would have tacked on an extra twenty minutes to the episode. So, I will accept absolutely any time that I am compared to the Commandant Lassard, uh, <laughs> because that is a sweet, sweet man, and also the adoptive father of Punky Booster. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, Punky. They are one and the same. That is correct. Punky. Her, her name was Punky. Right. The only thing stranger than Punky Brewster's name was the actress's name, Soleil Moon Fry. Oh, my God. Man, she didn't do anything after Punky Brewster. How could well, you? Well, dear listeners. <laughs> How could you, Darren? The bar was raised too high. I mean, I'm, you're absolutely right. When you start with... When you start with what? Citizen Kane, <laughs> I was like, gonna say. I was gonna say when you start on the moon, where are you supposed to go? Back to Earth again? Yeah. Well, she started in the moon because it's her middle name. Ah. There, Punky. <laughs> <laughs> well, Perry, we got a lot to talk about today, and uh, it was. Specifically, the news ticker is very heavy. We got info on Scarlett Bordeaux, on John Moxley, specifically referring to his All Elite Wrestling contract and the G1 Climax. We referenced his old partnership with Sammy Callahan, but we got news about Sammy Callahan. Dana Brooke is injured, so is Lars Sullivan. Nikki Bella takes to network television and late-night programming to make a major announcement regarding her health and her career. NXT, they're having a breakout tournament, and I know I've got more than a few things to say about this, and I'm sure you do too. Um, everybody seems very upset that if they shake their Magic 8-ball enough, all signs point to Shane McMahon will likely be your next WWE champion, and... Wow. Um, and then there is uh, the little matter of Tales from the Dead Zone, the recently announced B-movie horror film starring Bret Hart and Corey Feldman. Oh, my God. And uh, Music by Corey Hart, I hope. <laughs> One can only hope. That would be brilliant. That'd oh, be, that would be brilliant. That'd be great. Um, Sadly, it would it, probably be the only... I'm about to say, it'll probably be music by Corey Feldman. <laughs> yeah, uh, it probably will be. Yeah. As long as it's not music by Bret Hart, I think we'll be all right. Oh, hey. Uh, Bret Hart's music might be better than Corey Feldman's. And um, as a man who owns two Corey Feldman albums, I'm, I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> right. As a man who was in the front row for a Corey Feldman show, 
I am allowed to say that. That's forever ago, though, right? That was back in, like, 2002, I want to say. Oh, gosh. Let's see. 2001, even. Yeah. Um, golly. We'll talk about that more when we get to that. Um, I've got more to say about Corey Feldman. But we also are going to talk about Stomping Grounds. This is proving to be a problematic show, not because it's in the Middle East. This show is from Tacoma, Washington, but um, it seems like nobody wants to go to it. So uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more when we start talking about uh, the card, because the card is this Sunday. Uh, Stomping Grounds, a brand new WWE Network special, and Perry and I are going back to the well here. Because we're getting this episode recorded in time, and because there's not a, a million other things going on, even though by the sound of the headlines there is, there's not a lot of other big shows going on. So when I say we're going back to the well, that means we're going to go head to head. Head to head. And make our picks for all of you, hashtag dear listeners, for the Stomping Grounds pay-per-view. But before we can get into that, you know, Perry, and you know, hashtag dear listeners, that first we gotta talk about those headlines. Scarlet Bordeaux. There's two different headlines about Scarlet Bordeaux. Uh, the less uh, crazy one, uh, the le- the one with less to really talk about is that she did receive a release from Impact Wrestling. Scarlett Bordeaux and her boyfriend, Killer Cross, both released from Impact Wrestling. Both of them had been asking for their release from Impact Wrestling, so they got what they wanted. So this shouldn't in any way come as a surprise. It should probably come as a relief. What I'm curious to see is, where does Scarlett Bordeaux go from here? She seems by far the hotter commodity of the two. I know Impact, before releasing her, built her up and built her up and built her up. I mean, there were weeks and weeks of advertisements preparing the Impact Wrestling audience, however small it may be, uh, to ready themselves (laughs) for the debut of Scarlett Bordeaux. She appeared, uh, and so it appeared to me, she was making a rather sizable impact on impact. Now she's gone. I think somebody needs to snatch her up right quick and in a hurry. If I were AEW, that's what I would do. WWE doesn't need any more women. And if I'm Scarlett Bordeaux, I don't want to go to the WWE, go to AEW and shine. Well, uh, I I think a lot of talent uh, that's unhappy anywhere uh, is very quick to be like, well, I'll leave and go to AEW. But AEW will eventually hit critical mass, and if they don't, they'll become just as bad as Vince McMahon over in WWE who wants to just hoard all the talent, you know? He wants to own all the action figures and then just put them in a toy box and have them in his closet. But he can tell you that he owns that action figure, you know what I mean? That's kind of what it feels like. Also, like, you know, if they're if they're if they're... Even if they aren't currently making money for Vince McMahon, they aren't making someone else money, so Vince McMahon still wins in in that regard. 
You know, you're absolutely right. And the, the worst part about Vince McMahon hoarding action figures is he's the kind of douchebag that leaves them in the box. <laughs> it ups the resell, That's, Darren. It ups the resell. I don't care. I don't resell things. I own everything I ever owned. <laughs> I'm not trying to resell it. I, I can I can verify that. Uh, Darren does own everything he's ever owned. That is correct. It's 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 actually correct. Um, so it's it'll be interesting to see where Scarlet Bordeaux winds up as far as employment goes. I can tell you one place I bet it won't be, and that is AAA wrestling in Mexico. Uh, Scarlet Bordeaux certainly, until recently, had absolutely no reason uh, not to want to wrestle for AAA. Uh, down uh, south of the border. But at a recent AAA show, while competing in a six-woman tag match, Scarlett Bordeaux was the victim of being grabbed, like full-on, like embraced from behind, kidnapper style, uh, by a member of the audience. Um, she had taken a tumble to the outside of the ring, was on the ground, and as she got up, an audience member just reaches over the railing and grabs and gropes her as if he's preparing to, you know, abduct her. Well, that's god-awful. What's really weird is she made the statement afterwards she didn't even realize that it had happened. Now, what she thought she was feeling, I don't know. I mean, I know pretty much any time a wrestler finds themselves back first into the railing, they're getting a lot of hands kind of all over them. And maybe she just thought that that's what it was, was like 10 or 12 different hands just reaching out to, you know, touch her arm or something like that. When in fact it was just one man's two arms uh, enveloping her. Sure. Um, but I don't know how it was. I don't know how she didn't realize what was happening. Um, afterward, of course, I'm sure she had to have been more than creeped out. And, uh, like, this is just, this is just uncool. This is truly uncalled for. No, no, obviously that there's, there's no place for that, uh, in any arena, uh, wrestling or otherwise, uh, you don't inappropriately touch anyone, uh, a man, as a man touching a woman or a woman touching a man, um, not to, you know, not to be like, well, it happens to men too, but it does happen to men too. Uh, I, I recall a, a fest wrestling story where a certain wrestler uh, got into it with a female fan at intermission, and when he he tried to walk away because she obviously was just not going to back down, and she grabbed this wrestler's ass, uh, who's in his underwear at the time. I won't say who; it doesn't matter who. But the thing is, uh, when you're standing around in your underwear, guy or girl, you know, people might objectify you. Uh, because you are more or less uh, in a state of undress or whatever. Uh, so it's never okay to touch a performer who, who, even though they're in their underwear, they don't want that. That's not what it's all about. Uh, that that should go without saying. Unfortunately, uh, this this fan or whatever he was did not get that message and didn't have the common sense that most people, thank God are equipped with uh, that says you don't touch the performers, especially not in that way. Uh, you don't touch another human being that way. Uh, so, yeah, don't do that. That's horrible. You're right. There, There is, of course, uh, 
the 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 weird spectacle that is wrestling. We talk about it semi-frequently. We happened to mention it last week, the idea of grown people rolling around, sweating on each other, wearing their underpants. Sure. And how that's far too often a criticism of the industry by those who are not fans of it. Um, and so, I don't know. From a certain perspective, it may seem like it's particularly, in fact, the right place, the right proper arena for that sort of thing to go on. But it is, in fact, not. I really don't know of any arena in which it is. Hell, even in, like, gentlemen's clubs, uh, even there, the rules are like no touching. I wouldn't know, uh, Darren, and neither would you. Our fans know this. Uh. <laughs> well, um, I, I, hey, I'm a rule follower. Sure, sure. And so I'm. All, I always like to be abreast of the rules wherever I may roam. And <sighs> no pun intended. Um, and I will say that uh, there simply is no arena literally uh, or figuratively where this type of behavior is okay. This man should have known better. Um, this is tantamount to, I mean, really it could be construed any number of ways. It could be construed to be attempted uh, false imprisonment, attempted kidnapping. Sure. At the very least, it's some sort of assault and or battery. Um, I mean, it's, it's a crime. He is a stranger to her. This is very inappropriate. Um, and then the fact that she was wearing what she was wearing, first of all, that's her wrestling attire. We make jokes all the time, whether we're talking about women or men. We talk about wrestling being done, uh, performed, quote-unquote, in one's underwear. Well, maybe as someone who's sick in the head or extremely contrarian, may decide, well, that means they are provoking me. This is provocative uh, uh, clothing. This, this is precisely what they're, quote-unquote, asking for. And that's the oldest, most backward-ass, uh, wrong, vile excuse for inappropriate touching there has ever been. Long, long before any type of hashtag me too or anything, I grew up in a world raised by parents who know right from wrong and taught me right from wrong that anything of that sort was wrong by the perpetrator. And it was not in any way to be blamed on the victim. It seemed only common. Like, I got so, I get so infuriated sometimes when I hear about people using that very bizarre defense that so, someone was asking for it by dressing in, in a certain fashion. No, hell no. Um, you're, you're, you're wrong. If, if, if I see a man on the street corner wearing a track suit for uh, fashion purposes, do I go up to him and challenge him to a 100 yard dash? Oh, sir, you're, you're wearing a track attire. Uh, I, you're asking for, you're asking for a foot race at any given moment. <laughs> no, that, that's exactly right, Darren. That's exactly right. I, I will say, I will say one thing though, ladies, you are asking for it. 
if you wear the French maid get up because I'm going to want you to come over and scrub my tub because I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And you're, you're tip. You're apparently you're a maid. So I'm going to pay you to come clean my, my bathroom. <laughs> That's on you I mean, ladies. Not, That's on you. It's on you. Right. I mean, you're not going to be there and you're not going to be objectifying them. And it's not for any sort of sexual gratification. No, you're just hiring a cleaner to clean. Sure. 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 I, I, I need, I, I need, I need Kira Sedgwick. I need the cleaner to come in. Uh, <laughs> is that show still on the air? Does that joke still hold up? Anyone? Anyone? Uh, I don't know. Is Kenny Omega still the cleaner? Oh um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want Kenny Omega in a French made outfit to come scrub my tub. Actually, that would be, that would break the internet. I think so. That would break the internet because he would, it, the, the gimmick, the cleaner, it's so damn literal. I know it is also literal. Yeah. Uh, but he uh, he was the cleaner of the Bullet Club, and the Bullet Club he uh, he is no longer a member of, so he can't be the cleaner of it. Is he the cleaner of the elite? Is he the cleaner of all elite wrestling? I don't know. But speaking of all elite wrestling, John Moxley ha it has now been instructed by the company that he cannot appear at New Japan Pro Wrestling's G1 Climax kickoff show in Dallas, Texas. Well, John Moxley is in the G1 tournament. John Moxley is the New Japan Pro Wrestling United States champion, but he will not appear in the United States for New Japan at the first showing of the tournament because AEW is showing their true colors for the first time. Yeah, how how did they not see this coming? How did they not realize this would be an immediate conflict of interest? Like, Moxley thought he was free and clear of, like, bullshit when it comes to wrestling, but no, 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 no. You walked, you you left one problem for a whole new problem. Um, well, I mean, the, the word on the street as far as uh, New Japan and AEW, um, AEW actually wanted to keep the New Japan, kind of like the same way ROH and New Japan share talent back and forth. AEW wanted to do something similar with uh, New Japan, but New Japan actually declined and said, no, we got a good thing going with ROH. We're going to keep doing that instead, uh, which probably was a, a big mistake. I, I understand, like, you know, honoring... You know, honoring what's already been established for years and years and years, which worked really, really well. But to be honest, all the best ROH people are basically in AEW now, right? So what are you holding on to at this point? I mean, New Japan, New Japan has grown quite a bit over the last couple of years, but that's mainly due to the efforts of the elite. But as you can see, the Elite got too big for ROH and New Japan, so they started their own wrestling company. Uh, New Japan probably should have said, okay, we want to be involved, so we're going to kind of keep sharing with you guys. So they made a mistake there, I will say, certainly. Um, so, But yeah, Moxley is their U.S. champion, uh, but he can't compete for New Japan. That's problematic. That is very problematic. Also, I'll go back and say immediately... Uh, don't give someone a championship belt that quickly. Uh, I don't care who they are. Uh, don't pull a TNA. Oh, you just left WWE. Well, you're our new champion. Um, so and that's, that's totally what they did. But anyway, so yeah, I mean, problems, problems all over the place with this whole thing. 
Well, the only reason that it's not too big of a problem is because the Climax tournament, the G1 tournament, is so big that there are multiple blocks. And by Moxley not appearing in Dallas, uh, you're really only letting down the Dallas fans that will be in attendance. Because the uh, G1 tournament will continue to be an international event with shows in London and in Melbourne and then back in Japan. And as far as I know, Moxley will be permitted to uh, wrestle in Europe and Australia and et cetera, et cetera, just not in the United States. So Moxley will simply go into a competitive block that'll put him uh, performing in London or in Melbourne, et cetera, et cetera. The only problem then becomes, of course, how does that conflict with the rest of his AEW schedule? Who knows? Um, I will say this. Where the only New Japan screw up in this whole thing um, I, I, I is, is what you said. Maybe it would be better to partner with AEW than ROH for only the reason of the TNT show. If that show on TNT catches fire, imagine nationwide cable television featuring New Japan stars, uh, because not everybody's watching New Japan on Access TV. Not everybody is watching ROH on Sinclair at one in the morning after Saturday Night Live. You know, people will, will be watching AEW whatever night it's, whether it's Tuesday Night Dynamite or whatever that show ends up being. So that's where New Japan screwed up there. Where Moxley screwed up, speaking to your point about he thought he was getting away from any and all bullshit. Um, sorry, John. Uh, Tony Khan may not be quite as draconian as Vince McMahon, but he's still a millionaire who's running a corporation. He's not, you know, he's not Paul Heyman in a bingo hall. You know, he's not early days Ring of Honor. He's damn sure not combat zone wrestling. You know, you, you, you traded one filthy rich businessman for another and there's only so much hipness to throw around when you're talking about uh, big-time money and big-time entertainment, television deals, millions of dollars, international arena booking. You know, you, you, didn't, get, you didn't get too far away from the WWE model. Um, so don't, don't think you can be the true John Moxley of old. Sure. You, you, um, you may have, sure, you may have left World Wrestling Entertainment – but you are still very much in the wrestling business. Uh, business being as important as the word wrestling uh, in that little uh, that phrase there. So yeah, it's it's got, there's got to be something everywhere you go. People think AEW. Oh my god, I just get money to wrestle. I, I can. I'm an artist. I can paint whatever I want. And I can go home and whatever. It's like no, you're gonna work. You're gonna be a contract player. Uh, there's gonna be exclusivity issues. Which I totally understand that. I understand, you know, building a brand. And if, if you want to see Kenny Omega or the Young Bucks, there's only one place to see them. Like, I totally get that. Um, that. That's kind of one of the things about... I didn't have to watch ROH because the best ROH wrestlers would show up on New Japan Wrestling. So it was kind of like, oh, this is, oh great. I get, uh, I get the best of both worlds all at once. That's great. Um, so, yeah, there's that. But uh, it is what it is. We'll see what happens in the future. But, I mean, Moxley has to already be kind of like, oh, man. Like, <laughs> it's, uh, 
No, you, you can't. I'm sorry. You can't go out there and play with your friends. Aw, man, come on. You know, it's kind of what it is. It's the parents saying, nope, you're grounded, mister. Can't do it. Well, as far as one of the friends that I'm sure he would want to play with, um, you know, I don't know what their personal relationship like is in 2019. They have not performed together in many, many years. Of course, I'm talking about the friendship between Moxley and Sammy Callahan. Uh, after spitting, uh, <laughs> the internet says that Sammy Callahan spit on Jim Cornette. He spit on Jim Cornette and Rich Bokini. In fact, Rich was sitting closer to Sammy Callahan when he decided to expel his saliva uh. from his body. And uh, we've talked about how Sammy Callahan is a grubby little dude before. I, the last person I would want to spit on me would be Sammy Callahan. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I, I gotta, I gotta get on Amazon and, uh, gift some Purell to Rich Bokini, uh, get that to him right quick and in a hurry. Maybe he can take a Purell bath, but after Sammy Callahan spit on the MLW announce team, uh, it appears he may be done with MLW. Is this a shoot? Is this a work? Where's Sammy Callahan going? What is his relationship with impact? Is Sammy Callahan AEW bound? If that happens, we might see way earlier than we had anticipated uh, the reuniting of the international purveyor of violence and the worldwide desperado. I mean, just last week we talked about the possibility of Moxley and Callahan ending up together like their previous days in CZW. But is that uh, what we're going to see in AEW? That could very well be, Darren, and I don't know for sure, but I do know that if you gift uh, Rich some Purell, I hope you will gift me some delicious Schweppes. Another Schweppes moment brought to you by Schweppes. Schweppes, a sparkling tradition since 1783. Ah, yes, cool, crisp, refreshing. It's got to be a Schweppes, baby. Um, so yeah, that 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 leads to a lot of questions, right? I mean, it's it's so it's kind of the joke right now, isn't it? If anyone is leaving or might be leaving, oh, there's one place, there's only one place they're gonna go. They gotta be AEW, baby. They're oh, so and so left uh, left Johnny's wrestling, not Johnny wrestling, Johnny's <laughs> wrestling. He's he must be all in, baby. Is that still a thing? Do they still say I'm all in? Um, it, it's, it's becoming a joke. It was the coolest, hottest fucking thing in the world for about a month. And now the, the whole expression all in is kind of a joke. Um, so <laughs> is Callahan going to end up in AEW? Who knows? I don't know. I, as far as it being a cool place to go and who's going to go and are they still going? I hope the answer is yes, because I'm going to repeat something from last week, which is, as far as a full roster, AEW does not impress me. Um, as far as the top of their roster, as far as their aspirations, as far as a Turner Network television uh, deal, all of that is top-notch, A, grade A, you know, number one commendable uh, business effort and lots and lots of potential but the reality being what we saw at double or nothing I, you know if, if you listen to tony khan on steve austin's podcast i think tony khan truly believes that double or nothing was the greatest wrestling show of all time 
it's not it wasn't even as good as all in which i know wasn't an aew show but actually there you go there's the point uh, i mean they've done it they've already built the castle dug the moat and filled it up aew is for real but i almost wonder should they have done some more loosely affiliated stuff like all in first before jumping straight into a company because all in by featuring new Japan stars, NWA stars, ring of honor stars and indie stars. That's what made all in so amazing. And double or nothing was like, all right, here's your look at AEW. Uh, <laughs> not, not really the best roster. So I don't know. Well, I mean, we, we had our complaints about Double or Nothing, um, and I think they were they were accurate complaints. Um, the AEW PPV model needs to resemble something more like an NXT TakeOver, where you have five or six tight dynamite matches, not a bunch of, well, we, we definitely, we, we gotta include, you know, these 20 guys, so we'll make a bullshit battle royal, you know what I mean? Like, no. This is a pay-per-view. You trim the fat. You 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 need to you I mean all all due respect to all the performers in AEW. Your pay-per-view needs to be the most interesting and the best people on the roster. Again, look at NXT. There are people who are just now making it to takeover and they've been with NXT for years because they weren't ready for primetime yet. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. Double or nothing. Yes, double or nothing should have been a very tight, tight show. Five or six matches, your best people, and then your weekly program can be everyone else. Let's develop them. Let's get storylines going. Let's get reasons for fighting going. You know, let's get the people introduced to the talent. You can't be mad at people for not knowing who the fuck Luchasaurus is by now. You know what I mean? Because who is he? Compared to someone like, you know, I hate to say it, Baron Corbin. You know, I don't like Baron Corbin, but I know who the fuck Baron Corbin is. You know what I mean? Like, you, you can't be mad when people can't get excited for people they don't know about. You know what I mean? So I, start your weekly program, introduce these characters to your audience, and then you start booking them on your main show. Also, Double or Nothing should have been free. It wasn't. But guess what? The next one is free. Hey. Too yeah, late. I think Too late. Too late. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not too late. Maybe not too late. Um, I like the way that the the next show, Fighter Fest, is shaping up. And the fact that it will be free, I think you and I couldn't have been the only people that were saying Double or Nothing should have been free. Um, because, boy, the, their very next show is free after Double or Nothing. So a lot of people said, hey... If you're going to give them a card that's at least 50% people they've never heard of, you cannot ask them for $50. Oh, absolutely. You might, you might get the $50 up front, but you're going to get a lot of upset people on the back end, and that is not the way to grow a business. Absolutely. So anyway, there's a lot of things that uh, are still up in the air about AEW and a lot of things that people are rightfully upset about with AEW. But over in WWE, there's one very interesting thing. I mean, because, God, we could spend uh, hours every week. Oh, we do spend hours every week <laughs> talking about uh, things that are wrong with WWE. 
But uh, one of the major things that it hasn't even happened yet, and people are already losing their minds about it. And by people, I don't mean us necessarily. I don't mean the internet wrestling community. It is being uh, reported that by and large, the backstage for Raw and SmackDown are up in arms about the reports the latest reports on the WWE Championship being Shane McMahon bound. Now, this is a belt that I do not like being on uh, the waist of Kofi Kingston. Nevertheless, I would much rather it stay around the waist of Kofi Kingston than to get into the hands of Shane McMahon. Uh, and if this happens, I'm going to join in with the... with crying foul here darren you don't understand uh shane mcmahon is the best in the world he won a tournament uh to prove that he was best in the world i think (laughs) wwe i think wwe is drinking their own kool-aid as the kids say uh as the kids say uh 20 years ago 30 years ago um yeah where this hasn't happened so it's hard to complain about something that hasn't happened and wrestling plans can change, you know, on a dime. But if this is a serious thought that's being entertained uh, backstage, the writers are like, you know what? It makes sense. No, uh, no. no one is no. going to be happy with that. And not even in a whole like, oh, because Shane's a bad guy. We don't want him to have the belt. No, Shane's not a fucking wrestler. Even now, I do not consider Shane McMahon a wrestler. Uh, no, because he's he's not not in the not in the sense that he should be beating Roman Reigns, not in the sense that he should be winning cage matches, and damn sure not in the sense that he should be the champion. Like the tournament is bad enough if you put the WWE Championship around his waist. Oh my God! Like I mean, it was bad. Oh my God! Oh my God! This is terrible. It is terrible. The thing is, I've said this uh, many times before. But last time I said this was a long time ago. When it comes to WWE and their bad decisions, I'm so numb because I'm I'm so used to them by now. So if it happens, it'll be like, oh my god, they did that, uh, and and I will be upset and I'll be outraged. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna yell about it. I'm just gonna be like, yeah, that I- doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I am going to yell about it. Okay. I'm going to yell about it. Okay. So. Okay. Fair Something you hashtag dear listeners can look forward to. Perry might not yell about it. I'm going to yell about it. I don't want this. I really don't want this. Um, in other WWE news, we've got a couple of injuries. Dana Brooke uh, busted wide open on taping for WWE main event. And uh, it's rare. It's very rare for the women uh, actually, it's rare for anyone in WWE to bleed nowadays. Um, and it seems that Dana Brooke, uh, the even greater rarity of uh, hard way juice, if you will, some hard way color, and on a woman, on a female competitor on WWE programming. The match was stopped immediately. Yeah, the referee threw up the X, uh, which stops the match. Uh, I, I don't know the, the extent of the injury. Like, I, I don't know if she was just busted open and, oh, she got some stitches and she'll be fine. Um, but it's it's worth mentioning because that story was all over the place. So we didn't want to be like, we ignored it. But, I mean, that happens to the guy wrestles all the time. 
and they're fine. I think this might be a situation where she got busted open. You know, they were like, okay, this isn't raw. <laughs> so let's just go ahead and stop the batch in case it's something bad. So I, I think she'll be fine. I, I didn't see anything about like, oh my God, like, we don't know. We don't know the situation with Dana Brooke. What's going to happen? Like, I think it was just they stopped the match. She was, she, I saw a picture. She was pretty bloody. But when, like, you look at that, you look at, like, <laughs> Dustin Rhodes, the way he was at Double or Nothing. It's <laughs> like, it, it's hard to complain about that when I just saw that or Goldberg. You know, Goldberg basically passing out because he was busted open at uh, Super Showdown. So, yeah, so, I mean, so fair is fair. As a wrestler, you run the risk of that happening to you. Uh, so, you know, in all fairness to Dana Brooke, I think she got busted open. She probably got lightheaded. Um, they stopped the match as a precaution, but I think she's going to be totally fine. She's, that's a tough, that's a tough woman, man. That is, that's a, that's a human being who's way tougher than me. So I think she's going to be, she's going to be fine. I think she's fine too. There's really no report on it being an injury. It's just more of an incident. Sure, sure. And at like, to, to borrow a phrase from my, uh, high school football coaches who were definitely overzealous and undercaring about our health. Um, there's a difference between being hurt and being injured. Uh, you can be hurt all the time. You can play hurt. You can wrestle hurt. You can't perform play or wrestle injured. Like, Oh, I hurt my elbow. It's not going to require surgery. It's not going to require, more than a couple of days worth of painkillers. That's hurt. I can wrestle the next night. Uh, injured is I have a compound fracture in my elbow. The bones splintered uh, like balsa wood and burst through the skin. That's an injury. You know, sure, something that's going to sure. require surgery or time off. And I, I think that Dana is, is hurt. She's not injured. Probably, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. You want to... Ask Darren's uh, former football coaches about injuries and ask Johnny Cash about being hurt. <laughs> or 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 uh, Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails because, ladies and gentlemen, Hurts is a Nine Inch Nails song that, that is covered, was covered by the late, great Johnny Cash. That seems to be a confusion. And whenever someone says, hey, this person... There, there, there was a video recently of... Uh, Chris Helmsworth as Thor, as Fat Thor from Endgame playing Hurt. And the 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 headline was like, uh, watch him's watch Fat Thor cover Hurt by Johnny Cash. And I clicked on it just because I wanted to see all the outrage of comments saying, That's that's NIN, NIN, that's uh that's that's Trent Reznor's song, thank you. It's not Johnny Cash's song. Uh it's always fun to see that. So Oh my God, get over yourselves, people. Like, nobody cares. First of all, everybody knows that. Right. And nobody cares that you know that. Not talking to you, of course. Hey, hey, I'm hey, hey. Everyone cares that I know that, Darren. Everyone does care that you know it. No one cares that a Nine Inch Nails troll knows it. Sure, sure. There's plenty of Nine Inch Nails trolls out there, Darren. I mean, I don't, uh, if someone says, oh, Jimi Hendrix all along the Watchtower, I don't come bursting through their door saying, that's a Bob Dylan song. That's a Bob Dylan song. Uh, though I might. I may in the future. Well, you know, you got to let, go of, of of a few of those things. Now, if somebody gets in your face and argues, no, that w Johnny Cash 
wrote that song. Oh, sure. Or, then it's or, on. Yeah, of course. You know, or Rick Rubin wrote that song. Right. Like, that's that's different. You can set the record straight at that time. But if someone is just innocently mentioning it to make another point, leave them alone. Sure. Leave them, please, please leave them alone. They hammer, don't deserve... Hammer, don't hurt him. Hammer, don't hurt him. <laughs> two weeks in a row. Say, two weeks in a row. Weeks yeah, weeks very nice. Row, very nice. A please, hammer, don't hurt him. Um, well, please, Dana, don't hurt yourself. Um, and if you do, don't injure yourself. Because, again, the difference between being hurt and being injured seems Lars Sullivan is injured. Lars Sullivan, it's being reported now, is going to be out at least six months, maybe nine-plus months because of a knee injury. Uh, and this is confirmed by a visit to the doctor. This is confirmed by MRI scans. He has a severe knee injury, and he is on the DL. I'm starting to wonder. <laughs> not the down low. No, no. Not the down low. Right, right. The disabled, the disabled list. Disabled list, of course. Um, I'm starting to wonder if Lars Sullivan is worth all this trouble. This is not the first time. We mentioned this before. I think you mentioned on the last episode or whatever episode we talked about Lars Sullivan. Uh, he, his name comes up more often than not these days. He is someone who is frequently injured or emotionally injured. Uh, or, you know, past uh, message board uh, uh, grievances have come up. Uh, some racist, uh, you know, some anti-Semitic, uh, some not. You know, some were actually about bodybuilding, I'm told. Um, <laughs> imagine that. Imagine that on a bodybuilding forum, no less. Imagine that. Um, so, yeah, I, it's, it's, I, I don't know what the rules are. Like, you, you know, you can't, you can't fire a woman for being pregnant and missing work. I wonder if you can't fire a wrestler for being injured is kind of a, a thing as well, as far as like WWE goes. I, I notice a lot of the time, like when a wrestler is injured, they're still gainfully employed until they come back and then they're fired. Um, so th there might be a rule in there somewhere that stipulates you can't just fire someone because you can't use them for a while. Um, well, Lars though, I mean, there is that whole backlash about stuff he said on the internet. I mean, Let's 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 uh, let's say that he is a changed man completely, and he's done he's done well he's done right by the community, and he's he's helped people, and he's not that person anymore. Let's just say that he still is someone who is very injury prone. They apparently don't know how to make a program with him at all. This whole lucha house party thing is just a waste of of time, and you're just making your lucha doors look like shit. Um, and. <laughs> Also, he has psychological issues. Again, that is not a reason to fire someone. I know a lot of people. Mara Ranallo is someone who very famously has psychological issues. Um, so, I mean, it is it is kind of... it is They have to look at him and just think like, man, it, it's hard to keep this guy around when he is more often than not unavailable somehow. You know what I mean? So, maybe... Maybe they should just advertise Lars Sullivan. I don't know if he's the kind of guy that would show up anywhere else. I don't know if he loves the wrestling business as much as he loves the idea of like being a famous wrestler. You know what I mean? Like like Nia Jax. I, I said before a long time ago about Nia Jax. I, if she got fired from WWE, she wouldn't show up in Impact Wrestling. She wouldn't show up in ROH because, let's face it, she's been on top of the mountain as far as you know the biggest wrestling organization for so long that if she went somewhere else... 
You know, <laughs> she'd be like, mm, wait, where's this? This is catering. Are you kidding me? Um, yeah, that oh, kind of thing. Yeah. So I, don't, I think Lars Sullivan's a kind of same person. I don't think he would. He loves the business so much as he would just love being part of the biggest wrestling organization on the planet. So that's all. Yeah, that's. I think that's very fair to say. Um, you know, as far as psychological issues versus physical issues, uh, they're all physical issues. Uh, mental health. I think more and more um, we're we're starting to uh, lean toward calling mental health brain health. Um, because mental health would imply, uh, something that exists in a, in some sort of ethereal, uh, intangible realm. And while mental health does seem to escape us, uh, as a civilization greater than physical health does, we don't need to treat it like it's something that exists in the ether, um, Brain health is simply a matter of the health of that organ. And that organ is different than the heart or the stomach or the kneecap. But uh, it is just uh, something that can be uh, ill, can be hurt, can be injured, can be, um, you know, handicapped in one manner or another. And uh, so on the by the same token that it should be treated um, as gently as a physical injury, such as, uh, I don't know, a torn meniscus or a rotator cuff or a broken rib. I think it should also be treated uh, as thoroughly, maybe. And I would stop tiptoeing around mental health issues as if they're issues of dealing with a person's feelings. Um, and I'm a mental health advocate. I have a, I mean... I, you know, I am medicated. Um, I have uh, a family history uh, of mental illness. I am very sensitive to these issues. And yet, um, I think that I like the direction that the way we're treating mental health is going. And um, as far as Lars Sullivan goes, his issues seem to all be centered around anxiety. Um, now, you can call that what you will. Um, but it is a physical manifestation of a problem, right? And it is not uh, a matter of emotional distress. It's not, nobody hurt Lars Sullivan's feelings. He is having a physical reaction. It would be the same as having a stomach virus, you know, or stubbing his toe or stepping on a tack or, you know, taking a bad uh, back bump on the outside of the ring. So what I'm trying to say here is that his physical issues, this, this knee injury or his anxiety problems, to me, they're equal and you cannot fire him for one any more than you could fire him for the other. You also cannot be afraid to fire him because of one over the other. Um, I think the combination, you already went through that, the combination of his his, his checkered past, um, maybe some very, very uncouth, unwise, and uh, ill-compassionate statements coming from him, and you add to that his, his, his health and his all of his many issues, and maybe you don't keep the guy around. I don't know. Wow. 
Well, yeah, there's that. I mean, whether it's stage fright or just bad knees, uh, there's, or, you know, saying horrible things about people on the internet from long ago. These are all truths. You know, they're they're all accurate. They're all part of Lars Sullivan's, the, the performer. So these are definitely things you want to think about when you want to keep a guy uh, under contract. You want to put this guy on television and take away that TV time from other performers who are, you know, totally fine, very capable performers who could use the, the TV time, yada, yada, yada. So obviously a lot of factors there, but we wish Lars Sullivan all the best as we can, you know, any human being, you know, just all the best, I suppose. Oh, absolutely. Definitely want to wish him the best. And another person we want to wish the best is Nikki Bella. The Bella Twins went on Jimmy Fallon on The Tonight Show, and uh, and who knew what they were going to talk about? Um, one figured they might be talking about the future of their celebrated um, and highly rated uh, reality series, Total Divas and Total Bellas, and they did announce there will be another season of Total Bellas, Although I think almost everyone believed Total Bellas was finito um, after Brie retired from the ring and Nikki separated from John Cena. It seemed like the direction of that show was going in a very un-Bella type fashion, but there will be a new season. However, Nikki Bella did make it clear that she will absolutely under no circumstances ever be returning to the ring because for starters... Um, what took her out of the ring the first time, which was a severe neck injury, has now worsened. She has another herniated disc, um, which is problematic enough for someone with a history of neck injuries. She also revealed uh, that during the tests uh, to find out about this disc, it was discovered that she has a cyst on her brain. This combination of... Um, realizations or whatever uh, have made it very clear to Nikki that it's time to step away from the wrestling ring. She's a very young woman still under the age of 40 with hopefully a long life to live. And she has got to take care of her vessel uh, for someone who seem who is seemingly very healthy um, is an incredible shape, a beautiful woman uh, she has a lot working against her physically. Um, and I'm sure it's from years of taking back bumps. And, you know, um, a lot of times we make light of the, the concept of the bump card, but it is a real thing. It is, in fact, a real thing. Absolutely. Uh, man or woman, you wrestle for over a decade and you might not have scars that are visible on the outside. Doesn't mean your insides are, are going to be hunky-dory. Um, so clearly she has a lot of medical issues. Uh, I don't think Nikki Bella, forgive me, Nikki Bella marks out there. I don't think Nikki Bella has anything left to give to wrestling. She had a very, very successful run in WWE. Um, and especially if, if it, if it's like life threatening or, you know, otherwise, you know, threatening her health in some way. There's absolutely zero reason to come back to it, uh, the wrestling business that is. So, uh, I mean, she'll be fine. She's she's 
got TV shows. Uh, as you said, she's an attractive woman, so she can always model and stuff like that. So there's plenty more for her to do. And because she is established as far as not only a wrestling star, but a television star, there will always be something for her to do. So, um, again, that's someone that clearly, once they left WWE, they didn't go, oh, you don't want me here? Fine, I'm going to Impact. You know, I'm. she's actually a really great example of that. I'm going to, I have to wrestle. So I'm going to go down to CZW and see if they're hot. You know I mean? She, she is so used to being famous and she'll continue to be famous and she'll find different avenues to explore TV shows to be on to continue to be famous. So she's going to be fine, ladies and gentlemen, but I, I do feel bad for anyone, any, any of you wrestling fans who wanted to see her wrestle again. But luckily You've got the network. You can go back and watch plenty of her wrestling matches if you wish. So, obviously, it's unfortunate. You don't want someone to be done done, especially if Nikki Bell wanted to come back to wrestle whoever. Um, th that is unfortunate. But at the same time, she it's not like she didn't... It's not like she wasn't on top of the world for a very long time, you know, in the women's wrestling department. Because she, she absolutely was. So, uh, I feel bad for her, but at the same time, she's going to be fine. So, it, it is what it is. I agree. She she will be perfectly fine, and she will be perfectly wealthy for the rest of her days. In our last bit of WWE news for the week, uh, we do need to mention the NXT Breakout Tournament. Now, we're not going to go into too many details. Let's wait for it to happen before we discuss it too in-depth. But on Wednesday, the 26th of June, at 8 p.m. on the WWE Network, the NXT Breakout Tournament will air. It will be four matches, introducing eight never-before-seen-on-WWE or NXT television talents facing off against one another. And guess what? When you ask me a question and you're laughing when you ask it, I, I, I can only imagine what's about to happen. So go ahead and continue. Seven of these eight competitors are very well known by other names. Oh. This is, remember last week when we talked about Shane Strickland changing his name? I do. Or having his name changed for him? Well, and we said, is this a, is this a sign of things to come? Is this the chapter that NXT is in right now where, okay, now we're going to change names. Now we're not. Now we're going to change names. Now we're not. Well, apparently, they are going full tilt boogie, and seven of the eight competitors in the NXT Breakout Tournament will be wrestling under new names. So when they make their television debut next Wednesday, we will know that Jonah Rock will now be Bronson Reed, Shane Strickland will now be Isaiah Scott, DJ Z will be Joaquin Wilde, uh, and we'll discuss the rest of them after these matches happen. Uh, the importance of this tournament is not only to introduce eight new talents to NXT television, and I guess go ahead and hammer it in everyone's heads that they're going to have different names, but most importantly, the winner of this tournament gets a NXT title shot of their choosing. Okay, about to say if you're about to say the NXT title shot, then that's that's too much. That's too much. But it's I like but I like that it's that they're choosing. But why wouldn't you choose the NXT title? That that makes that's no right. sense. 
So, like, I think that that's what you're going to see here. But let's let this tournament happen, and we'll have a lot more to say about it. Right now, it's just – right now, it's nothing but pure speculation. So let's let it happen, and we uh, – Perry and I uh, will come back and tell all of you, hashtag dear listeners, more about it after it has occurred. All right. Before we get to stomping grounds, there is one hilarious piece of news for the week. <laughs> Tales from the Dead Zone, Perry. Uh, Exosphere Motion Pictures and Red Giant Films, uh, two companies I've never heard of. Sure, sure. I I drive by those lots every day. They have uh, produced and written and directed and filmed a movie called Tales from the Dead Zone starring Brett the Hitman Hart and Corey Feldman. Oh my god. I I watched the trailer. And Perry, I don't want to see this movie. <laughs> I need to see this movie. Oh no, no, no. I have to see this movie. All right. You know that like did you see the movie Tangerine? No. Uh, Florida Project? Or like... They're making movies on iPhones now. And they look like movies. When you can do that, how are there still companies that are making movies that look like they were filmed on a VHS camcorder from the 1980s? That's because they were filmed on a VHS camcorder from the 1980s, Derek. <laughs> Well, apparently Tales from the Dead Zone was filmed on a VHS camcorder from the 1980s. Hey. Because it look. I mean, Perry, you've been a part of, a large part of our friend group, our filmmaking that we did as children and as teenagers and as young men. And those movies looked like that, and they should have. Sure. Because they were filmed on video in the 1990s by children. This movie looks just like that. <laughs> okay, Brad Hart is not a famous actor. Corey Feldman is not a famous actor anymore. Okay. And and yet, oh my God, I feel so sorry for these guys because payday or no payday, there's no self-respect that can be gained from being in the in this quote-unquote uh, heavy, heavy air quotes here, movie. Um, Corey Feldman's part in the trailer literally looked like a vlog, like the, like Corey Feldman having a vlog on YouTube and Bret Hart's part. Oh my God. Bret Hart says every line through clenched teeth. And he, in every single scene in the trailer that he's in, he grabs someone like very angrily. And he says something like, like he said, everyone, every, he's growling in every line. He's like, like, I'm the fucking justice system or something like ridiculous. Okay. Like, I, I don't know what this movie is. Well, it's, it's unreal. It could be a found footage movie, uh, found footage from the 1990s on a handheld VHS camera. Um, I, I don't know. Not having seen the trailer, uh, kind of wanting to see it now. Uh, I can't really uh, say anything, but uh, you, you basically, I think, told me all the best parts already. 
Um, it's it's sad. We uh, we forgot to mention this about Bret Hart, by the way. I've I've said recently that Bret Hart has the worst luck of any professional wrestler I have ever heard of. When we talked about AEW Double or Nothing, we forgot to mention that Bret Hart came out to unveil the new AEW World Title. And when he left, he was walking back up the entrance as it was splitting apart, and he fell off the entranceway. Uh, <laughs> I made a note. Did he really? I made a note to myself to not forget to mention that, and I forgot to mention it. I apologize, but if we can go back to Double or Nothing for a moment here, Bret Hart came out just to be like, "Here's a new AEW title belt, folks! Yay, Bret Hart! What a legend, former WWE champion, all that stuff." And apparently, when they were segueing into the next thing, and that they were playing maybe like a video package. Uh, building up the next match on the big screen, Bret Hart was leaving, maybe a little confused about the layout of the of the ramp or whatever, and then fell <laughs> and <laughs> he fell off. He fell off the highest point of the ramp because um, I think I think the lights went out on him or something like that. So it's a picture of him falling and. <laughs> This is not cool, by the way. He he is an this older is gentleman, cool. a, a stroke survivor, cool. a stroke survivor, a cancer survivor. It's not funny. It's not cool. But there is an image online of him falling, and it's like a flash <laughs> of a camera. <laughs> a flash of a camera goes off, so you see you catch him in like wavy motion falling. Um, so I don't see how this will will help Bret Hart in the long run. Is my point. Um, I, I would love for there to be some good news about Bret Hart for once. And being in a movie with Corey Feldman now does not seem like it's going to be anything that won't be horribly ridiculed. It's already being ridiculed by us, for God's sake. Um, <laughs> and you're talking about two very big fans of Bret Hart and two very big fans of young, young is the caveat, Corey Feldman. Come on, Corey Feldman. The voice of Donatello from TMNT, Darren's favorite movie. Corey Feldman, who was in Goonies. Corey Feldman, who's in the freaking Lost Boys. Corey Feldman, who's in the freaking Friday the 13th series. Corey Feldman, who's in a zillion other things that you probably forgot that he's in. Stand by me. Stand by the, me. The Burbs. Mm-hmm. License to Drive. So, now... Hey, you know, as a matter of fact... When Corey Feldman was on the first season of The Surreal Life, that's when I met Corey Feldman. Oh, no. And he he invited me and John Bring and your sister <laughs> to to his wedding. Oh my god. Oh, I mean, were, were we the only people in the entire United States to hang around after his show? To meet him, and so he was like, "Hey, guess what? You guys should come to my wedding." Well, first of all, why did you not go to his wedding? I don't know. I don't. <laughs> know. I still have. I still have the piece of paper with his fiance's name and address and cell phone number um, because we were supposed to call her. And then she would get us the formal invitation. Oh my goodness! Do you think on his wedding day, he was like, "Oh no, where's where's Darren and John and and Perry's sister?" 
You know, you know that that wedding ended up being on the surreal on the show. Oh my god! Oh, he's, he's trying to fill up a trying to fill up a television audience basically for this wedding. Okay, I guess that makes sense. Okay. Oh my god, Corey Feldman, bless his heart. Um, yeah, this is this is just it's crazy. Um, well, it's it's bound to be a huge disaster, Darren. And we'll get to see it on a big screen at some point. Speaking of huge disasters, you're going to see on a big screen at some point. (laughs) (laughs) WWE Stopping Grounds is this Sunday, ladies and gentlemen. Darren, it's been a while. Let's say you and I go head to head. Head to head. With our predictions. This is Teddy Stigma, the world's worst role model, reminding you kids to be like me. Eat steak, lift weights, and drink whiskey. And listen to the wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, The Whole Reffin' Show. On Sunday, the 23rd of June, 2019, from Tacoma, Washington, inside the Tacoma Dome, WWE is bringing us Stomping Grounds on the WWE Network. Tacoma Dome. If you say it together like that, it sounds like a weird type of medication. <laughs> Have you taken your Tacoma Dome today? Side effects include. It's a, <laughs> it's a type of blood thinner. And, you know, it's fun. It's like, um, oh, what's her name? Uh, there's a singer that I always said, uh, the... Tori Amos. If you say your name too fast together, it sounds like a part of your body that you could get injured. Oh no, I sprained my Tori Amos. (laughs) Yes, yes. Okay. Fair enough. enough. Yeah, so Stomping Grounds. This is a brand new name for a network special, pay-per-view event, whatever you want to call it. They're calling it Stomping Grounds, and I think that that is not... A, not a bad name. It just seems kind of weird to come out of left field. Uh, to me, it's a it's a playoff of uh, Seth Rollins' current Universal Champion's curb stomp. I think that's why it's called that. No, you're absolutely right. That just shows I didn't think about it at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I'm here for. Well, you don't think about I think about, Darren, and that's why it works. I mean, it's weird. It's it's a weird logo. It's again, it's not bad. It's just weird because it seems so new. And how can you complain about new? I mean, we always complain about WWE because it's doing old things. We should like new things. I'm gonna and complain about a, it because it sounds generic. It sounds it like fully loaded. Like it it does. Like it's it's not a good name. Just because it's a new name doesn't mean it's a good name, Darren. You know, in all honesty, that's no, to be fair. No, no, that's true, but it's not bad. It's not Great Balls of Fire. Which turned out to be a pretty fun show. <laughs> but yes, absolutely. <laughs> but it should have never been called Great Balls of Fire. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 you're, you're not, you're not wrong was. about that. Yeah, okay, you're, you're right about that. The thing is, they've had so many pay-per-views that they could find 12 very good names and just stick with those. As it is, they want to make new things up, and even if they're not good, whatever, it's new, put it out there. So that's, that's kind of stupid. That's all. You want, to talk about, you want to talk about generic? Super Showdown is about as generic as it gets. At least Crown Jewel 
kind of fit what it was what it was. Super Showdown, give me a break. But anyway, we're not talking about Super Showdown. That was last week. We're talking about stomping grounds. We're talking about nine matches WWE is bringing from the Raw brand, the SmackDown Live brand, and 205 Live. The red, the blue, and the purple brands, and most of their championships, uh, but not all of them, will be on the line in nine matches. And Perry, let's go head-to-head. Head-to-head. For starters, Daniel Bryan and Rowan, that is Eric Rowan, the big red beard, uh, your current SmackDown Live Tag Team Champions will be defending their belts against Tucker and Otis of Heavy Machinery. Ooh. <laughs> so Heavy Machinery, I mean, I they're they're a comedy act. They're they're will never be anything more than that. They made sure of it. Tucker Knight doesn't have to be a comedy act. Otis Dozovic is just sillier than shit pie. I mean, I, there's nothing there's nothing about this guy that makes me think I should take him seriously for a second. That's unfortunate because uh, they're not bad wrestlers. Uh, they have a decent look, but they're just they're a joke. They're a gag. And you put them out there against Daniel Bryan and Rowan, to me, you know, this is Daniel Bryan and Rowan all, uh, all the way. Yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate when you are labeled the class clown in the world of wrestling. It's hard to break that unless you become like a super heel. And even then, it takes forever uh, to kind of uh, shake the, the, ah, he's just a joke uh, mantle. Okay, Rowan and Daniel Bryan have no business being the SmackDown Live Tag Team Champions. Let's go ahead and say that right now. It's another unfortunate case of, hey, you two hang out together? Well, make it champions, because that's all we could ever do when two people hang out together is make them tag team champions. Um, just because you hang out with your buddy backstage and, and, and conspire together for whatever reason doesn't mean you necessarily want the tag team championship titles. It doesn't mean that. Um, no, that's true. Like, were Ric Flair and Arn Anderson ever tag team champions? There you go. Exactly. Uh, they were. Well, they were four horsemen, but that was that was good enough. You know, what I mean, they let, you let you let Arn and Ole go after the the tag team titles. You know, Ric Flair doesn't give a shit about being a tag team champion. He wants the heavyweight title. You know what I mean? That's all he cares about. And that's what Dan. And exactly. And in this direct correlation here, that's all Daniel Bryan should be wanting. Absolutely. Is- is that WWE Championship back from Kofi Kingston. If wrestling were real, the only things you would care about would be money and the heavyweight championship. You wouldn't give a shit about being the U.S. champion, intercontinental champion, you know, the tag team champions. Maybe, unless, like, your your brother also wrestles, then, you know, the Usos. Obviously, you would care about that. But uh, money and the heavyweight championship would be kind of it, which goes back to my point about... These NXT up-and-comers, they get to choose what title they want to fight for. Why would you not say the NXT Heavyweight Championship? But anyway, uh, this match is pointless. I don't know why they're doing it. I feel bad for Heavy Machinery because they are a good tag team, but they were doomed from the start, unfortunately. Uh, (laughs) So I'm going to go with Rowan and and, uh, Daniel Bryan obviously winning this match, right? Oh, for sure. As long as they make... uh... Well, period. As long as long as time exists, heavy machinery will be a joke. <laughs> as long as time exists, as but, long as as long as is literally what you just said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I'm sorry, I don't make the rules. 
I do enforce them, however. You do call uh, it right down the middle, Darren, and I, I, I appreciate that. I applaud it. Well, and you do so as well, and I appreciate and applaud you. Aww. But they were doomed, they being heavy machinery, from the first time Otis did the worm. Oh, uh, sure, the, sure. Like, oh, sorry. You might be able to squat thrust 10,000 pounds, but you, sir, are a joke. You might be built like an old-school Masters of the Universe He-Man figure uh, with those those little yet somehow large <laughs> squatty legs on a giant torso with giant arms uh, and a tiny head. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you can do the worm? Well, that, that's all you are then. Okay, let's, let's get a shirt that says, Happy Machinery, do the worm with us, or some, some dumb bullshit. Hey, here's one thing about you. Okay, that's a t-shirt. All right, next. 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 Okay, who are you? What do you do? Okay, that's a t-shirt. Okay, next. Next. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, next is the Cruiserweight Championship match, a triple threat fight uh, for that purple belt, but Tony Nese, the champion, taking on Akira Tozawa and Drew Gulak. Now, Tozawa and Gulak somehow schmazzed their way into this being a triple threat. It was supposed to be a singles match, but uh, hey, I'll take a triple threat. This should be a good match. Um, Drew Gulak, I mean, they cannot make up their mind whether they want this guy to be relevant or not. Uh, on certain weeks, He'll be on 205 Live and NXT and in some weird crossover tournament between the, the lesser-known brands. And then he'll be off television entirely for a month. Sometimes he'll have a gimmick. Sometimes he won't have a gimmick. Sometimes he'll be paired with somebody. Sometimes he won't. But I don't care. I want to see him wrestle. I like him as a wrestler. Um, and so I'm excited about Gulak being in this match. I think that Tony Nese retains here. Um, but I, I'm looking forward to this being a good match. What do you think? Well, triple threat matches are a good time for upset. We've always said that. Uh, I, I think they're totally fine, though, with Tony Nese being champion. I feel like Akira Tozawa has had many opportunities to get the belt. I feel like he's been in the main event picture a lot when it comes to the Cruiserweight title. So if he hasn't been champion yet, I don't think they're going to give it to him now uh and again Tony Nese somewhat fresh as a champion I think Buddy Murphy did a lot for that title belt because he put on some he fucking put on some excellent matches and worked his ass off to make that belt a little bit more relevant uh Tony Nese is obviously he's he's a good wrestler uh but as far as like there, there's something about him that that he lacks as far as like being someone who's very interesting because uh, his abs might be the most interesting thing about him, unfortunately. Where um, Buddy Murphy, I don't know, he just he was so talented. We, we gave Buddy Murphy a lot of shit. I, I did at least. He was called the best kept secret, and I was like, it's it's a secret you don't care to know about, just because he was off TV for oh. so long. Um, but anyway, back to Tony Nese. Uh, he'll he'll keep the belt. I, I have a strong feeling about that. I like Drew Gulak too. We saw him at an NXT house show. He did uh, a tag team match. I forget who with or who against, but his ability, the way he was working the crowd, I thought, man, he deserves a lot more than what he gets because he is he is a very talented individual and he gets it. He gets the business pretty well. So that's all. So I, I do hope Gulak gets it eventually. Uh, and I think I think Akira Dazal is a very good wrestler as well, but I just don't think they're going to ever give him the belt is all. So I'm going to say Nice hangs on to it. 
Me too. I'm going to say Tony Nese hangs on to it. But I'm also going to say hashtag goo goo for gulag. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Uh, next up, we've got, uh, talk about Goo Goo Gaga and sillier than shit pie. Uh, the New Day. <laughs> Is that what we're talking about? Okay. We were. We're. Okay. I was. In my head, inside my, between my ears. Um, the New Day, Big E, the, the ones that are not the WWE champion, Big E and Xavier Woods are taking on Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Um, this is a class clown match. This is like <laughs> who can we ruin first? Like this is just all all four of these guys deserve better than this match is going to be. If these guys had even a semblance of like serious credibility anymore, this could be a heavy duty match. As it is, it's a class clown match. I think it's, it's throwing. It's I, sickening. I, I think I'd much rather see this configuration reconfigured, where I'd rather see Kevin Owens fight Big E on one on one. I'd rather see Xavier Woods fight Sami Zayn one on one. Oh wow! Yeah, totally. Or like make this like a fatal four way match, maybe, or, or a Texas tornado match where it's like elimination. To where, like, eventually it's a two-on-one situation or something more interesting than just a tag team match. You would see this on Raw or on SmackDown. There's nothing interesting about it. Um, we did. We did. We have seen it <laughs> for a couple of weeks well, now. Exactly my point. So that, that's the thing. There's nothing new about this match. Um, yeah, I'd much rather see two singles matches instead of just a, a, a boring tag team match. And these are all good wrestlers. But I just I don't like the configuration. I don't. I don't. I don't care for it, sir. I don't care for it. So, um, but I mean, I guess Owens and and Zayn don't they kind of need to win this uh, to to somehow keep their keep their faces in the main event picture as possible contenders to Kofi's belt? Like, don't they need something to kind of prove they deserve to be there? I absolutely think they do. Um, this one is hard for me to pick. Um, though, because, I mean, obviously they're supposed to be the heels and logic dictates they should not go over. I don't know. So I'm going to have to go with Owens and Zayn. Yeah, I'm going to go with Owens and Zayn because Kofi's probably going to win later. Spoiler alert. Um, which means maybe the New Day, the rest of the New Day loses this one is my thought. Fair enough. The U.S. title is on the line as Samoa Joe, who has regained his championship, takes on Ricochet. That's right. Samoan Joseph versus Richard O'Shea. <laughs> <sighs> I like it. I like and it. They're going to they're fight over who gets, who gets to be the best wrestler in the United States. Who gets the Continental uh, Championship, yeah. we'd like to Continental. say. So uh, that's, that's problem. Talk about problematic. That's problematic. It's the continental championship. That, how do you explain Hawaii? It's not a part of the continent. The U.S. title is only valid in 49 of the 50 states. Hey, man. That's just the way it is. The, the upper 49, I guess, uh, as it were. Uh, 
this would be a good match, you know, as long as Ricochet doesn't land on Samoa Joe's face, breaking his nose in the process. Um, <laughs> also, it, it probably made a lot of sense for Rey Mysterio to get the belt, only to basically just give it back to Samoa Joe. Uh, they, they really thought that through. Uh, I feel bad for Samoa Joe because he's brought some credibility to that U.S. title, but it's just been foobarred by this uh, interaction with Rey Mysterio uh, it's been kind of strange and weird, and bringing in Mysterio's kid, who's way bigger than his father, is kind of weird. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't want to harp on that, of course. But uh, Ricochet and Samoa Joe can't be a bad match unless WWE says, "Hey, make this a bad match." How about Ricochet? How about both your legs are broken during the match? All right, Samoa Joe, you're blinded uh, by a by a very uh, bright flash ringside. And then you guys go for two minutes, and Samoa Joe just... I tell you what, as soon as Ricochet gets in the ring, Samoa Joe, just grab him and put him in your submission move and win. Because uh, that's what happened at WrestleMania, right? <laughs> so Samoa Joe beat Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania. Uh, so it can be bad. I take that back. It can very easily be bad. But if you let these two go and do what they do best, it can also be a barn burner. So hopefully we land somewhere in the middle is what we're is where we're at. But I do think... I don't know. That's kind of a tough call. Do you? They're obviously investing a bit in Ricochet. Do they give him the title, Darren? I'm going to let you answer first. Oh, oh, I'm going to say no. Not at stomping grounds. Okay. Um, maybe by the time we get to SummerSlam. But not here, not now. I say that Joe hangs on to the belt Um for this night. Um, did you decide? I, I agree with that. I agree. I was leaning toward that. Leaning toward that. I think Ricochet defeating multiple superstars in that like it was a five-man match they had on Raw to win this opportunity might be reward enough, I guess, for now. Um, and maybe giving him the U.S. belt this soon would be maybe too much. I don't know. It's hard to say. But uh, they like Samoa Joe. Uh, even though he's very injury-prone. Speaking of people being injury-prone. Um, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, I'm, I'm confident they'll keep it on Joe for now. Yep, I think they absolutely will. Um, this has every possibility, like you said, unless they tell them to go out and have a bad match. This should be the best match of the night. Um, sure. In terms of pure wrestling, this has the most potential. The only match that might be just as good is the Becky Lynch-Lacey Evans match. But if you stack those matches up purely wrestling-wise, Joe and Ricochet would blow it away. So those are the two matches I'm looking forward to the most. Um, I think that Ricochet can give us the match against Samoa Joe that I think we fantasized that Mysterio still could, and that maybe part of the problem is Mysterio actually has lost a step or two. Uh, as much as we don't want to believe that. And I think that Ricochet still has all those steps. And believe it or not, Ricochet might have an additional step or two Mysterio never did. Um, so, again, if they'll let him go out there and just fight, I think Joe and Ricochet could tear the shit up. Sure. So that's what I – I don't care who wins, actually. I mean, I'm, I'm going with Joe. I don't care who wins as long as we get a good match here. Fingers crossed for a good match. But before we get to Becky and Lacey, there is another women's championship on the line. That's the SmackDown Live Women's Championship. That's the title held by Bayley, 
currently, and she is defending it against Alexa Bliss. Is she hurt or isn't she? Uh, they, I don't, this is, Alexa Bliss has become very confusing, and the fact that she has the Touch of Bliss show or segment or whatever you want to call it only serves to make it more confusing because it's like, to me, okay, she has the show when she's injured. That's fine. You keep her out there. You keep her in the people's eye. But now it's like sometimes she doesn't have the show and she's not wrestling. She has the show and she is wrestling or just a weird combination of things. I want to know, is she healthy or is she not healthy? Is she 100% or isn't she? Alexa Bliss may not be the number one female wrestler they have on the roster, but when she's healthy, she's good. But when she's like forced to go out there and have these matches where she phones it in to keep from further injuring herself, I am real tired of seeing that match. Yeah, I'm excited for the matchup. I This is something we haven't seen uh, in a very long time, at least. Uh, and the best part about this match is... Charlotte and, and Becky are not involved in it. Uh, as much as I like both those competitors, uh, it's a title that they have nothing to do with at this point. Uh, for now, it, it's good to see Alexa Bliss back. I hope she's 100%. It's hard to tell. They were so mysterious about the, the her injuries to begin with. So it's hard, like basically you just said, it's hard to know where she stands with that. It, it must be tough for them not to give Alexa the belt, though. Uh, just because they love Alexa Bliss. I mean, but I think they figured out just by having her on TV to talk every week is enough um, because she's just a good talker, Alexa is. So um, does that mean you give her the belt? Uh, I feel like you'd really piss Bailey off if you did. And it's unfair to Bailey if you do. So keep the belt on Bailey for now. I could not agree more. Bailey walking in as the champ. And she's walking out of the chain. <laughs> Rowan Reigns and Drew McIntyre in a who gives a shit match, right? <laughs> now, of course, those matches, uh, that designation is normally reserved for Randy Orton. Uh, but since he couldn't be bothered to be on this card, thank the stars, um, we do get Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre you know who gives a shit match. Yeah, uh, that's unfortunate. I actually, if if Reigns was still Universal Champion, I, th- I said before, I think McIntyre would be a credible threat to his Universal title. Um, and I'd care a bit more about it. But this is residual hurt feelings from his match against Shane McMahon at uh, you know Super Showdown. So because it's kind of an afterthought when you think of it like that I do care less about it but Reigns has got to beat McIntyre uh Reigns needs to get a win after what happened at Super Showdown so I'm gonna go with Reigns all the way I am also going with Reigns here um it's a shame it's a shame for Drew McIntyre but we know how much they love Reigns and they would be doing him awfully dirty and I think they should but they don't think they should, and they're not going to do it. They'd much rather do Drew McIntyre dirty because they don't feel the they don't feel they've made the investment in him, and so he can continue to suffer. But for Reigns to go back to back, lose to Shane in the desert, uh, and lose to uh, McIntyre among the Redwoods, uh, not a good look 
for the man who was formerly absolutely unbeatable. Sure, sure. Yeah, they, they invested a lot of stock in Reigns on the old NASDAQ and the Dow. Uh, and then he, uh, he beat uh, Leukemia and came back only for them to be like, oh, you're back. Um, we'll go lose to Shane over in the Middle East and uh, we'll figure something out. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. It's very weird, actually. It is strange. The WWE Championship, the aforementioned WWE Championship around the waist of Kofi Kingston, one-third of the New Day. He is the WWE Champion, and he has a return match. He has to fight Dolph Ziggler again. They fought one another in the desert at Super Showdown, and now they're facing one another again for the big black strap. It's a rematch. It's it's filler. They're not going to give the belt to Dolph Ziggler, who, like you said last week, they basically pulled off of his comedy tour to come be a replacement for Kevin Owens. Uh, they're two great wrestlers. They're going to have a very good match. But in the end, Kofi Kingston's going to win. There's not much else to say about that. No, there really isn't. Although Ziggler is doing some really great work. I will say, oh, sure. for it to be a last-minute decision... And for it to be a feud on paper that's based on nothing, they've actually managed to kind of grind out a story here. So, and I think that a lot of that, uh, a lot of that credit should be given to Dolph Ziggler for the way that he is performing. So good for him. Absolutely. The Raw Women's Championship on the line as champion, the man, Becky Lynch, looks to stomp Lacey Evans into the ground. Um, so far, she has done a good job of humiliating Lacey Evans. Was that a stomping grounds pun you made without realizing it, Darren? No, it was one I made with realizing it. Oh, okay, okay. You need to acknowledge it. I, I didn't see a glint in your eye or anything, uh, oh. or, or, or wait for, uh, wait for, <laughs> wait for applause, uh, from me or anything like that. Okay, I'm making sure you realize what you were saying, yeah. <laughs> you can applaud me right now. Mm -hmm. Just imagine that I did. Okay. Uh, Becky Lynch has got to retain here. Again, it's not Lacey Evans' time. I think that she is performing very well. I don't think you could ask any more from her right now. I just think, like you said, giving Moxley the IWGP US title um, impacts history of giving anybody who worked for the WWE <laughs> title right. as they walk in the door. Like, all right, sign the contract. Here's your belt. Basically, um, yeah, yeah. But Alberto Del Rio's in the audience. We'll get him up here so we can win the title. We're champion. There you go. I, I just don't think, I think for that reason is why you don't give it to Lacey Evans here and now. Not to mention that just a few months ago, the man, Becky Lynch, had both belts. For her to walk out of stomping grounds, again, no matter whether they're proud of it or not, uh, this is a pay-per-view that is brand new in terms of its branding. It has drastically undersold uh, expected ticket sales to the point that I've heard they're giving tickets away. I mean, giving tickets away to a pay-per-view? Every time that's ever happened to another company, Vince McMahon has stood by like Nelson from The Simpsons and pointed and laughed. <laughs> right. Meanwhile, that's happening in the WWE right now. 
Um, so at that kind of pay-per-view, don't take the last belt off of Becky Lynch. Um, let Lacey Evans give her all she's got. Let it be a knockdown drag out. Let, you know, Lacey's a big girl. Like Lacey should be able to have a fighting chance against Becky Lynch. Hashtag if wrestling were real. So make it so, but keep the belt on Becky. And I think they will. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. It's Lacey Evans is kind of a, a tough situation. They did a lot to make everyone know who she was when she first came in. Coming, you know, she came out at every event and just kind of like twirled around and said, get ready to see this face more than you already do, folks. So everyone at least would know who she was when she started wrestling. But they fucked up, Darren, because one of her first matches was for the women's championship against Becky Lynch. Uh, and when you lose that, you kind of lose a lot of credibility. She should have just wrestled women on the roster to work her way up to a title shot. Uh, one, for more wrestling experience. Two, for people to actually form an opinion of her instead of, hey, let's take this new girl that we want people to like and put her against the most likable woman on the roster and, right. and pay people will cheer for her and like her right away. No, uh, that, doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't work that way, uh, WWE. Uh, so Lacey's uh, definitely fighting from underneath as far as people liking her or being on her bandwagon. We've been fans forever because we've noticed how talented she was in those NXT house shows from years ago. Um, and she's still very talented. And she she does things that I don't see other women do or, or like other wrestlers in general do. So I appreciate that. She is a good wrestler, but there's no way she gets the belt. I don't think any belt should change hands at stomping grounds here because I just I hate the name of the show so much. Um, so, but yeah, Becky needs to keep the belt. It'd be dumb to take it off for at this point. Well, that only leaves one more match and one more belt to defend. It is the fruit roll-up belt. That's right. That big, gross, gaudy, red universal title that Seth Rollins is currently carrying around. He's taking on Baron Corbin. I don't know why. Um, but... <laughs> Another rematch. Another rematch from Super Showdown that people don't really care too much about. So it's hard to get it's hard to get excited about a rematch anyway because we've already we've literally already seen it, right? Right. Oh. Too many people hate Baron Corbin. I will say again, for the record, I like Baron Corbin. Oh my god. I dislike probably 65% of the programs he's been involved in. From NXT to now. But um, I still like him. There's something I like about him. And I think it's that dirty word, potential. And potential uh, and $5 will get you a grande cafe latte at Starbucks. <laughs> um, nevertheless, I still believe in Baron Corbin. I believe in a man that looks like him that is as tall as him, that strikes, uh, you know, a, a certain pose and figure, and there's something there, and I think it will be good one day. I don't think he should be fighting for the Universal title here and now. I don't think he and Seth Rollins are capable of having a very good match. But this is the match we've got. Um, the, the, the biggest curveball caveat... Uh, whatever you want to call it, um, mystery, for as a matter of fact, 
is the fact that this match is supposed to have a special guest referee. And as of this recording, as of press time, if you will, we don't know who it is. It is remaining a mystery. Will it remain a mystery until he or she comes through the curtain, so to speak? I don't know. But it's a mystery right now, so we have to treat it as, as such. And as a credit to WWE, if this remains a mystery until the actual match takes place, that is a very good call. Do that. Because we've complained on this show many times about how there are no mysteries, because you have to make an announcement that something's going to happen next week so, in hopes that people tune in, when in actuality you should just have things happen randomly so people tune in so they don't miss something happening. That's really, really cool. They don't want to hear about it happening. They want to see it happening for the first time. Has Avengers Endgame opening box office weekend taught you anything, WWE? Um, so it is interesting because it's, I mean, let's face it, it is kind of a short list as far as who it could be. It could potentially be a new threat to Seth Rollins' universal title because Baron Corbin, he, he's he's not long for that uh, main event spot. Uh, it, could be, it could be anyone from uh, Brock Lesnar to... Uh, Paul Heyman, maybe? That's potential? Uh, could be? I don't know. It could be someone totally new. It could be people are saying maybe Becky Lynch somehow involved. Uh, I don't know why you would do that, <laughs> but I don't know. Well, sure. I, I think I think you don't do it because she's got a match on this card. Right. That Her belt is arguably the equivalent of that belt. So why would you have a world champion fighting on the card? And then either earlier in the night or later in the night, depending on the how they arrange this card, why would you then go be a referee? Also, I know, also, why, I know why they would do it. Well, because, also favoritism for why would you have favoritism for your 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 face champion? That doesn't make any sense storyline wise. Well, that's what I was going to say. That's the reason they would do it is sure. because I'm surprised that they're doing it, but they are really going out of their way to acknowledge the off-screen relationship between Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. But to your point, if you promote it in that way, you're obviously she's going to be biased. Um, uh, and that's, that's not cool um, for your face <laughs> champion. Sure. Exactly. I think, uh, well, I, I have to say this. Uh, so uh, as long as they keep it a, a mystery, who, the uh, special guest referee is a mystery. You know what else is a mystery? Evolution? Yes. <laughs> so I think that Triple H, Ric Flair, Batista, and Randy Orton should be all. Yes. All four of them in the ring at the same time. All wearing referee shirts? You should. Because, because Perry, Triple H, Ric Flair, Batista, and Randy Orton. All conspicuously not on this card. There you go, Darren. There you go. You're on to something. Or maybe you're just on something. <laughs> uh, the thing is, I don't care who the special guest referee is. It could be Mansoor, the winner of the 50-man battle royal, for all I care. All I care about is them keeping it a secret until the actual event happens. That's all I care about. That's a that's a great thing to care about, and I and I dig it. I'm with you 100%. If I had to to choose somebody, if I had to choose somebody from the predictable list, the happiest I would be from the predictable list would be Brock Lesnar, because I think that would actually be pretty interesting. Because then he could kind of 
call the shots, literally, and kind of set it up where Rollins is, you know, not doing well, and then cash in and, and take the belt, right? Well, what actually could happen? This won't happen, but it could happen uh, in a way where Seth Rollins... Well, I'll, I'll explain my, my idea. Uh, you have a special guest referee who is someone like Paul Heyman or Brock Lesnar, someone who basically is there to screw over Seth Rollins, right? So Seth Rollins gets screwed over by the referee, loses the belt to Baron Corbin... Baron Corbin celebrates for two minutes. Brock Lesnar's music hits. Cash in his the bank, destroys Baron Corbin, takes the belt and leaves. That way, Rollins loses unfairly. And also, it continues the streak of Baron Corbin having horrible money in the bank luck. Um, because when he was mind the bank holder, he, he'd lost his chance, didn't win the belt. We tried to cash in. And, and this time, the money the bank winner beat him for the title that he had just won. Um, that's something you could do, potentially do. Uh, but I think, at the end of the day, Seth Rollins just holds on to the belt, and that's it. Yeah, I do too. I think Rollins holds on to the belt. Well, I'm glancing back at our picks, and they are all the same. Yeah, it's pretty boring, this head-to-head. Head-to-head. But nonetheless, it should be interesting as far as uninteresting pay-per-view cards go. Well, I, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I'm kind of excited to watch it. Um... I mean, to tell the truth, you know, with my life slowing down during the summer because of not being, you know, in school, I look forward more to the wrestling to fill up some of those vacant hours, you know, those in-between hours. And, you know, we get sick of it. We complain about it. We love wrestling, though, or we wouldn't be doing this podcast. And I love wrestling. And so, you know, I am excited about this about this show. Um, I... As I honestly hate to hear how few tickets have sold. Um, like panic level, panic level low sales. Uh, they talked about making it like, you know, all, all our picks may be way, way off base because there's rumors of them bringing in like bizarre talent and having weird finishes and stuff just uh, for the purpose of, you know, Monday and Tuesday night going, you should have bought tickets, or you should have watched the network. Because see what you missed? All this crazy shit went down. Well, sure, there you go. It goes back to the whole, there needs to be surprises. And I think they might be getting that with this whole yeah, special guest referee thing. that would be a good thing. I mean, it, it's, it's going to be disappointing. Let's face it. The the person, the mystery person is going to be a disappointment. It, that's just the way it's going to be. Unless it's someone, talent they hired under the radar that no one even remembers exists. Uh, with barring that happening, uh, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's going to be disappointing. So there's that. But uh, either way, we're going to watch it. We're going to talk about it next week, folks, because that's what we do here on the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. The whole ref and show. Speaking of which, are you looking forward to stomping grounds? Let us know. There are a lot of ways to let us know. Find us on Twitter at Ref and Show Podcast. That's R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Find us on Facebook, like and share. We would appreciate that. Send us a Gmail if you wanna. The whole ref and show at gmail.com. T-H-E-W-H-O-L-E-R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W at gmail.com or find us on Instagram. A lot of you have found us on Instagram. A whole bunch of you have found us on Instagram. And uh, continue to like our pictures. We'll continue to get them up. I know there's slow weeks, and then there's very, very busy weeks. Um, but uh, it's all fun. It's all it's a whole lot of fun 
to, to look at cool pictures and use them to tell stories of yesteryear and today. From WrestleMania main events to a local indie card, uh, Instagram is a great gathering place for the world of wrestling. And, and uh, So thanks for helping make our Instagram special. Yes, indeed, folks. We appreciate you. We appreciate all the engagements on social media. A lot of social media engagements this past week from our last episode. Uh, very huge response from the FE segment, actually. A lot of people coming out uh, to tell us how much they enjoyed just that or our, our commentary, our hilarious commentary. They didn't say hilarious. I said that. Uh, commentary on Super Showdown, uh, WWE's latest uh, disaster. So we do appreciate you folks. We do read the comments, and we appreciate them. We, we answer them anytime we can. And uh, that's it. And uh, that's it for our show. We're going to see you guys back here once again next week, I hope. Until then, my name is Perry Smith. And I am the incredible badass that is Darren Beasley. And we're going to see you next week on the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, the whole reffin' show so on.